Trash. Trash. technology is a hooker where, where do you stand is it a hooker or non-hooker like how, how do you where are you at with technology uh somewhere in the middle i <laughs> i think i'm pretty over the years pretty understanding of it but things change always uh ever so quickly like a hooker's feelings so <laughs> uh or maybe their outlook on being said hooker but um it's a it's a love it's a love fave relationship i'm doing what i can to uh you know be as knowledgeable as I can. So and I work with the computer literally every single day. So it's mm. stuff I need to know anyway. So, yeah. But. I mean, I don't know what it is about fucking streaming, but it's like, every time I come back to it, it's like something different. Something has changed by itself. You know, it just decided that this is what it's doing. Are you, are you a Mac guy? Are you a PC guy? Where, where, where are you at? I was a PC guy that converted to Mac in 2020. Oh, mm-hmm. so the pandemic changed everything. It changed a lot of things, but um, <laughs> it did. no, I just, I just realized, like, I just, I just have a MacBook, uh, yeah, MacBook Pro, and I just, it's just so user friendly, and mm. I mean, the majority of my job is like emailing, file sharing, stuff of that nature, but just, I just think the the interface for even just as tasks as simple as that just are a lot, a lot easier. And especially I love it, how I can airdrop something from my phone right onto my desktop and then just have that. Cause I feel like I'd always had to, cause I've always had iPhones. Mm. So I feel like I've always had to either email it to myself to then get onto a computer to download or like upload it to drive to then do that. But um, I just love the compatibility of all Apple products and, there's yeah. probably a lot more to this that I'm still figuring out, but like it's been getting me through the past two years and I really enjoy it. Yeah, I feel you, man. That that airdrop, I agree with you. That airdrop is like fucking so crucial. You know that they are I there's word. I'm not gonna say this is fact, but there's word that they're removing airdrop from uh from the platform because of um uh, because I don't know if you heard, but like out over in China, there was some, uh, uh, what do you call it, protest. And mm-hmm. um, they did sort of a, a, a media blackout and Apple uh, went and they, uh, they, they took away the airdrop because that was the only way that they, the protesters could communicate and like go and, and, you know, send messages in mass and, you know, mm-hmm. have people go out and uh, protest and shit. But now they're they're going to yeah i think you're right naders i think that they're um yeah they're, i heard that they're going to be updating for next year and the update is going to allow us to use airdrop for the first 10 minutes after the update and then after the update it's going to be gone and that is so wild to me uh, we can't have nice. We can't have nice things anymore. No, and and you know what's weird is that that Apple Foxcom. This is a lot of this protest is going on where they're making the Apple products, and they're like, we need to get these fucking protesters back in that slave fucking camp, and so we can get the that 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 iPhone 14 Max Pro out for Christmas. So. Um, you know, I think it is a, a, a uh, I think it's sort of like it's business 
And I think that's the price of doing business with, with the CCP. And now what's weird about it is that why would they bring that over here and what do they know that we don't, right? Like, because because mm -hmm. Apple, it, it, AirDrop is a fantastic way of sort of, you know, like you were saying, we can transfer our files back and forth. I do it all the time, too. Like, I'm sending, you know, all kinds of shit back and forth to my computer and to my phone. It, it makes it so convenient. And also, I like to AirDrop bomb people with, like, silly memes and stuff at, in public places. So that's really fun as well. Um, and right, right there with you. I used to do that. <laughs> Um, in Carlson Library when I was at UT just to like mess with my fellow Rockets. So um, Your fellow Rockets. Hey, get them. Right. Yeah. For sure. Go no, Rockets. I mean, absolutely. I mean, hey, 2022 MAC champions, Toledo Rockets. I was at the game. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's but, go. Uh, I, think, I think a lot of that conversation with um, your mention of airdrop being taken away because of what's going over in China. I mean, we live in such a te technologically advanced society where – it's pretty much like the bottom line of like just how we just do everything nowadays. Um, but of course, a big deal now is just like identity and information hacking. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably part of the conversation. Like what's a more secure way of going about it? Because like, like you say, you can literally just as long as like you're in public and someone has their iPhone open. Right. You can just airdrop them, whatever. Yeah. So um, which you know, take, take that for what you will. So I don't know, like I said, it's just a lot of just, I know ha hacking, hacking's an issue. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, hopefully they just come up, maybe just come up with a better way. So you don't have to right. completely get rid of the feature. If anything, be able to keep airdrop for your own personal Apple devices versus being able to go from like, say my phone to your phone. So mm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but I'll have to, uh, that's good to know. I had no idea about any of that. So well, it's just suspected. I, I I'm not sure if that's what's gonna happen. It's something I saw on TikTok. So take that with a grain of salt. But. It's always it's always TikTok. I uh, <laughs> I enjoy that little rant you had. It's it's such a, it's a cool platform, but it's also a weird one at the same time. I mean, like I can get into it, you know, down the road in the show. But like Lil Star PR, the PR firm I work for, mm. we're starting to use that a little bit more. Just really just to discover new artists that are out there um because that's what a lot of these like labels and management groups are doing now but yeah we're just looking for cool people to work with and uh fortunately we're not we're not like the, the weird cold calling kind of company <laughs> we'll be kind of forced you to work with us we just offer our services if and if you don't want to work with us it's okay but um i found a cool platform just to find new music whether personally or professionally mm -hmm. and i've been able to connect with some really cool people there but um the algorithm i think is terrible and it's just trying you know i'm still trying to figure it out maybe i don't know because i'm in that weird generation i'm 27 yeah i was born in 95 i'm in that generation where i existed pre-technology pre-social yeah. media respectfully and then coming up through like the early mid to late 2000s like we're getting our first phones but we're talking like flip phones lg like the lg chocolate or the cosmos all those kind of ones and then getting our first iPhones into the early 2010s. So like we grew up having to adapt to all this stuff. Whereas you got Gen Z, which kind of takes over TikTok right now. Like they were kind of born into it. So not that I'll have a problem figuring it out. It's just like, well, that is a problem. But yeah, just try trying to. And then of course, what they're saying about TikTok 
hacking information. It's from China. So mm-hmm. China's trying to get all of America's information. So it's a lot, but um, I enjoy funny videos and I'm not really into like when people just do TikTok dances. It is what it is. Yeah, but, it's boring. It's stupid. Um, Unless they're hot. It's cool. Yeah, that's the exception. But <laughs> it's um, I see a lot of amazing musicians on there, regardless. So yeah. I I'm kind of I'm taking it in stride. So mm. I've I post on there here and there. It's been a little bit, but it's it's hard to keep up with like the side of content creation while also trying to create your own music and then being so worried about views and likes and shares and this and that so it's a it's a funny time to be a creative right now yeah it i feel like sometimes that that takes away from the the fun of all of it is this this uh looming worry that oh my video only got like 10 fucking likes and no one loves me mm-hmm. and i you know that you you quantify your your worth with this like stupid app that or, or the you know like this soul-sucking app but I I I, exactly. I I did like that you brought up the other side of that argument because I tend to like go over to the the dark side of things with the whole airdrop. You know, there there is safety issues, and and Bonbon and even in chat was saying that, uh, you know, a lot of dick pics get sent, you know, randomly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's a real problem. So it, it there I is agree. there is a. Uh, there is a reason for it, but I think it would be nice if they just sort of made it so you can, um, you know, you can sort of at least link with your stuff or link with somebody you want to be linked with. Otherwise, exactly. you're just receiving. <laughs> and poor lady is like, if you're on a, on, a, on a metro bus or something and some weirdo is just over there like, I'm going to do this and send my fucking big mm-hmm. veiny dick over to him and... no nobody deserves that nobody deserves to see a big veiny dick first thing in the morning on the train just trying to get to a job that you hate you know it's just like fuck yeah at least it's big it's it's one less thing we don't need no one needs that and like i have i have friends who have uh dealt with that it's just it's just it's just violating it's gross too and like yeah also also just side note dicks are totally ugly so like uh (laughs) I don't know. It's just it's. I've not that I've ever sent or received any, but <laughs> I don't know what's appealing about it. I don't. I don't get it. I don't like, like it either. It, it, you know, like it, it, the thing, and, and the funny thing about dudes is, is like if someone sends their vagina, it's like it's like yeah, <laughs> right. You know, depending on the dude. Obviously, not all dudes are just like yeah, pussy. But I mean, most <laughs> dudes are most 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 hetero dudes are like yeah, pussy. Uh, which which I am I am I, I'm a big advocate for vagina like vagina and boobies and butts like yes thank you please thank you ladies I appreciate you uh, a I like dicks it's <laughs> in the right lighting thank you well Morby um, I I can't help you with that but I hope that your DMs are 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 filled with big beautiful dicks that were taken with perfect lighting and and welcome in my friend good to see you. Uh, but yeah, man, this this whole technology thing with with like TikTok and it's very consuming and it, and it mm-hmm. like like you were saying it, it was like there there's the a balance you got to find between content creation and actually making your art 
And and yeah, exactly. like content creation can be art too, which I, I definitely see it as an art. You know, like I, I found a, a cool little niche on on uh, TikTok. It's working. People are following. Community is forming there. So it it is fun once you start like seeing interacting. And it's very, it's it, it's really fun to see, like, to get, it, it's like a barometer, right? Like, to see how mm-hmm. the culture is reacting to certain uh, aspects of music and stuff. But uh, but but it is like, I, I put so much focus into the TikToks because I'm finding success there that I'm mm-hmm. not, that I'm, like, other parts of the podcast, like, uh, like making podcast videos where, like, clips of the videos where, you know, me and you were talking and, and putting that out. And and so that sort of fa- fell by the wayside, and it, it, it's just man, how do you have time? And 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 plus, I want to make a new song, and plus, you know, me and my wife write, and I have I have to like write these two new songs that fucking we've already been paid for, so like, bleh. so I'm so focused on this TikTok that it's not even I'm not getting anything done, and I will waste an entire fucking evening just scrolling through it, and it, it, it mm-hmm. that. What is what am I getting out of that? I mean, it, it, it's yeah. a it's a, it's it's a weird it's a weird situation to be in as a creative to be consumed by you know entertainment rather than consumed by producing content, and it's it, it fucks me up. How how do you find a balance with that? Um, I guess lately TikTok has been mostly just for personal entertainment. Right, but just but when, you're on but you're on Instagram and Facebook and stuff yeah. too. So like you're creating content for you know different platforms. I, I I assume I think you guys are right. Yeah, it's a lot of it is really just promoting like what you know what shows we have coming up mm-hmm. and what's nice in, in 2023 we'll be promoting a lot of new music we've had recorded mm-hmm. uh, between all these projects, which I can get into, but. Um, so lately it's just been a lot of like show promotion or occasionally I'll just post a picture of myself just noodling on the guitar. Like a lot of times I just kind of improvise off the top of my head. Um, just a fun little, like I have an idea of what I want to do, but then I just execute it and just, it happens how it happens. Um, and truthfully, I feel like I kind of, whenever I make a singular piece of content, I try to make that singular piece of content uh be able to work for any platform so mm-hmm. yeah so i usually keep the videos you know with it with under under a minute which is good for tiktok and instagram but it's also nice for facebook because with facebook you just get a little bit of everything as well as i guess all the other ones too but um i just a, a nice little a nice little taste like not not too much but not too little so um <laughs> that's that's just how i look at it. but it's but also um, with with the internet, I feel like, and this is really not towards anyone directly. It's just I think some people don't represent their true selves when making content sometimes, and <laughs> not and not that not that I'm a vanilla guy. It's more just I am who I am. Of course, I'm growing and I want to get better at what I do continuously. But anytime I I post anything, it's it's me. It's you know my thoughts. It's my um artistic execution if you mm-hmm. will um yeah so that, i guess uh, if that answers your question that's how i look at my content creating at the moment really yeah. just like showcasing like hey i play music i'm in a band here's uh me playing guitar and but as much as it's like promoting because like i'm i wouldn't call myself a solo artist even though i put out a solo ep because it was collaborative it's really like as much as i'm promoting myself i'm promoting the other people i'm 
associated with. So um, I always keep that in mind too. Yeah, the, I think that's important part of it, right, is like incorporating what you do uh, with, with with whatever art you're doing. And, and that's the weird part where I'm at is like, you know, like music news is a part of this podcast and it is a part mm-hmm. of, you know, the stream and stuff. But it's but it's not it's not the whole thing you know like we're also doing I, I talk to musicians as well so it's like right now i'm trying to find this weird balance on tiktok because tiktok is honestly it's driving the most people to my website it's getting the most people you know interested in the show and stuff so it, it's really mm-hmm. it's really a, it's a cool platform but it's just such a it's so touchy you know and and there's it's just the censorship is unreal on it and uh, the things you have to do it, it's be, it's created like a whole new language you know what i mean like unalived mm-hmm. like that's not a real word unalived but like if you go i've on, i've been i've been seeing that lately yeah yeah unalived or or they'll they'll say like um like a schmate crime instead of hate crime or grape for rape you know it's so it's like this weird little language that people are sort of tiptoeing around this this line that censorship has uh or that tiktok has sort of you know laid down uh yeah it's so like i don't know man it's 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 a it's unfortunate but it's such a interesting app it, when you look at the metrics is that like tiktok has surpassed or surpassed youtube in video viewing hours and tiktok's hasn't been around all that long right and, and you gotta think about t- youtube as a as a whole like that was back in 2009 right like that that whole span of time so in less than the time that youtube's been around tiktok has sort of you know surpassed it so it is a platform that is useful for people and it's it's a useful for um you know promotions and stuff but it's such it's it's just to have to like change language and 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 change yeah. who you are in in a sense because I, I cuss a lot like my whole my whole like podcast I'm cussing we talk about crazy things talk about you know serious things we talk about silly things and and transferring that over to TikTok has been a real challenge for me and and again I'm about to get banned I'll probably be banned by the time we're done with this this fucking podcast but. You know, whatever. Yes, hashtag butt sluts. Uh, but I don't know, man. Wait, how do you feel about like that that idea of censorship in that sense where people are changing the language and people are, uh, you know, sort of bending to this this platform? Yeah. Um. I mean, just from my observation, I think it's kind of rooted in uh, the cancel and woke culture that mm-hmm. we kind of lived in for the better part of the past decade. Um. So I think a lot of it's just rooted in a lot of people just trying to be careful because, you know, we've seen time and time again where kind of, you know, someone of honestly, someone of some kind of famous stature, like Kanye West. Yeah. That's uh, (laughs) why what's been, what's been going on with him. Oh, nothing, Um, nothing. He's just doing his thing. Just one's that one's that next album coming out, but uh, <laughs> we're super man, that, stoked for it. I mean, uh, I'll listen that, to just, it. I'll listen to it. It's it, that's been so weird to unfold and everything. I know. But, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, go ahead. You're good. I, I just think a lot of people are just trying to be careful now, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of these people just they don't mean well, or sorry, excuse me, they don't mean harm or anything. They just they just want to shoot themselves in their foot or 
leave leave an entry open for someone to be like, hmm, that's not quite right. And yeah, it just it's like we can't be funny anymore, which is a conversation that comes up a lot, especially in the comedy world. Um, I, I don't see it as much as in music. I would see it in music if it was like someone's like someone's individual actions versus their actual music, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye kind of right. an example, like his, but yeah, I think there's there's kind of like and I'm I'm trying to be sensitive to anyone and I'm trying to be empathetic as much as possible, but there's this like weird sensitivity where kind of like what I just mentioned, we just, everyone's trying to be careful. Everyone's not trying to uh, push any boundaries and, you know, God forbid they say the wrong thing. And um, I think we'll get to a point where that kind of chills out for a bit. I will say it's nice, you know, being able to appropriate certain things. And uh, ultimately I think it's just to be respectful to everyone of all walks of life. Um, I'm all for it. Like, you know, I, as long as like you're a good person and contribute to society, like do whatever you want. Like, that's how I feel. Hmm. And I don't care how you identify, how you look, what you say, as long as you're just respectful to people and, you know, doing some, something good for the world that I'm all for it. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird time, man. It's, but I think, I think things will chill out a little bit. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll give it a couple of years. It's just been, it's been a very hypersensitive couple of years in particular. I probably don't have to say why, but um, yeah. And, and TikTok was kind of in the midst of all that. Cause right. obviously 2020 transpired how it did. And that's how a lot of people, I think were either entertaining themselves or trying to make some kind of, you know, internet communities to keep themselves busy and to keep their minds off of, you know, all of the, insanity that the world um kind of went through and i guess we're still feeling a little bit but um 2020 was again just kind of the app for that and then 2021 tick that's when i kind of noticed tiktok was starting to use a little bit more as a music platform Hmm. um for people so um and then that's kind of carried over into 2022 it's crazy how um a lot of artists have been either signed or just like have been recognized a lot more just because they're consistently posting on the app and i think if anything that's probably the key to the algorithm is probably just post as much as you can um kind of getting like right to the point of things because again you're only giving up so much time and if the the viewer is not hooked immediately then it'll just you know scroll on to someone twerking or uh a a vine that was re-uploaded onto tiktok to make us millennials feel nostalgic for a little bit so those are fun though, but I, you know, I, and I, I get that, and I get that whole respectful thing. I don't know why. I, I guess, uh, sorry, Bonbon. Bon, I guess the alerts are off now. I don't know what the fuck's going on, guys. This is this is wild. But I think my my big concern about it is, you know, I, I I like being polite. I like to tell, you know, like if someone has a pronoun, I even ask that when I send out my email. You know, like I'm not mm-hmm. to to come on the show. I, you know, it's in there. It's a uh, it's a uh, you know, give me your preferred pronoun. I have no problem with it. And, and you know, like you see older people who are getting frustrated with this. You see like some Gen Xers or even eh, not even so much Gen X, but like the Boomer generations and stuff. Like they they get. I do a podcast with a guy who's a little bit, a lot bit older. They're in their fifties. It's a whole group of them, and one of the dudes, the main dude, is just like I'm not calling anybody they or them or Shem or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, and, and you know, I don't, 
you know, that's his right. Let him do what they want to do. But I, you know, I don't subscribe to that. I don't mind uh, acquiescing in that sense. But I, the problem I have is that there's, especially during the pandemic, um, there was a lot of censorship going on on, on all platforms, really, uh, in regards to like vaccine and health information. And I'm not trying to say anything about vaccines or anything, but like there was a lot of things being hidden, being covered up that now we're finding was actually true. And, and that's the part that's dangerous about it, right? It's like you're changing mm-hmm. language, you're changing what we can say, what we can't say, and we have these sort of public forums that, which aren't public at all, they're private, uh, that are sort of uh, censoring and holding back information that we that we that is essential and I think is really important for people to understand. Um, but I get the idea too, in in the in the sense of politeness, that these these platforms are private companies and they are, uh, they do have their own rules and that's fine. Right. Like I don't mind that. I used to think that was lame as fuck, but I, I think that it's, uh, you know, it, it, to a certain extent, you know, like, of course, let's not have people, you know, dropping N words and, and blah, blah, you know, F slurs and, and you know, having, you know, like being cruel to people and bullying people, I, I can see the, the purpose of that now. But mm-hmm. I, again, it went a little too far. And, and now we're like so polite that we, we can't even have conversations. And I feel like it's a, a sort of emboldening people's, um, you know, they're, they're, if they're thinking wrong thought or whatever, it sort of emboldens those shitty thoughts, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like with Kanye and and how he's getting censored in a way, he's sort of taking advantage of what's happening because they did take his bank account away, they did take away all his, you know, t- you know, taking away kids, taking away all this. I don't think they actually took away his kids, but you know, in a way that sort of emboldens people, uh, people's thoughts in regards to maybe the Jewish folks, right? It's like, oh, look, the bank did take him away, and the bank, and and they did take away his deals, and and look at Car- Curly, Car- Kyrie Irving, Ky- is that how you Kyrie say? Irving? Yeah, yeah, look at Kyrie Irving. He just lost Nike uh, for tweeting out or or sharing a link to a stupid documentary, which is still available, by the way, on Amazon. You could still go see that shitty documentary. That's probably wrong minded. But it's still it, it 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 sort of emboldens people's thoughts when you sort of censor these ideas and and then when they see it sort of play out like with this whole Kanye thing, which uh, I don't I don't I you know I don't think there's a Jewish cabal aimed at Kanye, but if you were to look at it from you know zoomed out and you're not as involved as I am in the whole situation in the story. It does look like there is sort of this cabal that came together to destroy this man. Now, he's destroying himself properly uh, on Alex Jones. But, uh, you know, from from an outsider, if you're just looking in and you have like already weird thoughts about Jewish people and maybe you don't know Jewish people, maybe you w- grew up in the South in the very Christian neighbor, uh, Christian community that you know, maybe they don't like the Jews either. And that's just sort of sits in your head, but you're thinking and you're on the fence. And then you see this sort of play out with Kanye and, and the fact that we can't even really talk about what's going on. And the fact that on the one of the biggest platforms in the world and TikTok, you'll get banned for talking about it. That 
emboldens people's ideas, and it, it, I, I feel like that's where things get kind of dicey. I don't know. What's your thoughts, man, on, on all that? Where to begin? Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a good thing you mentioned about or yeah about you know some some people just probably did not grow up around mm. Jewish people or quite frankly any anyone else other than maybe I don't know I just, I just think of like small town America pre- predominantly white probably of European descent Christianity you know that kind of background. And I think it's a, I think a lot of people's ignorance is probably just based in, I mean, I'm sure what they were told by the older generations that they're around, but probably just never knew anyone. And fortunately, fortunately in my case, I grew up in the suburb of Sylvania in Toledo. Mm -hmm. And what's nice, what's nice about Sylvania and uh, graduating from Sylvania Southie high school was we had a very even mix of, people of all kinds of backgrounds, which made for a very, you know, diversified high school experience. And which I think just exposed me to a lot of, you know, people of different cultures and like where they come from. And at the end of the day, man, we're the same. We're all the same. We're all just people just want to, you know, support ourselves, support our loved ones and just get the most out of life we can. And which is sounds very general, but that's what I, that's what I, I feel like. And it's weird seeing, you know, the Kanye's and the Kyrie's kind of doing what they've been doing. And um, in a, in a way it's nice to see them be held accountable because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like we don't need anti-Semites in this world, racist in general. We, we, we don't need that. Um, and that's probably kind of going back to our conversation a couple minutes ago about just being as respectful to people as possible. I think, you know, as we've seen the past couple of years in particular, um, but I can't sit here and ignore decades and centuries of this going on of, you know, people just being discriminated, literally just like with how they look and how they sound. And um, I'm glad to see that we're, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to say my words carefully. Um, reco- recognize, recognizing things that have been elephants in the room for so long that at least a, there's attempts being made to undo these wrongs. You can't, you can't undo the wrongs, but I guess moving forward, being better about it. And I don't know, man. It's just, I, I don't get down with racism. I don't get down with discriminating against religion. You um, don't? What's your thing? No. <laughs> fun, fun fact. So it's just, I don't know. And it's so wild to me how in this day and age where we can share information just like that, if I can even get snap my fingers right snap um we can share information so quickly and not just information but like our thoughts and feelings like oh the lions won i'm really happy or um why won't anybody date me those are all the kind of things that we're seeing and um so when someone says something that ends up being kind of you know discriminate towards someone then how how can you not think about oh no one will see this or no one will think a big deal and then it's got how many retweets and how many people reaching out being like hey this is wrong so um yeah i guess just treat people well and don't do don't do or say stupid shit like that don't say um, i love the nazis <laughs> it's, 
That's if, uh, that's very high, very high up there. If you deny the Holocaust, you can go fuck yourself too, man. Like I don't that. That's another thing when people deny things in history that actually happened. Um, with all this, and I'm not trying to get political in any way, but it's like when like there's actual legitimate proof of stuff happening, and people are out here saying, "Oh, it didn't happen." Like, how ignorant can you be? Um, yeah. And I, so. and especially with the thing with Kanye, and we'll keep it to music, you know. But it it really does seem like he doesn't like the Jewish people. Like it really does. Like because because at first he was sort of playing it off, and now he's saying he loves everybody. And in a sense, I get where where Kanye is saying where he loves everybody, and he's trying to be in the image of God, and and God loves everybody. Even Hitler was loved by God, you know, um, in, in whatever strange warped way you want to look at it, but. Mm-hmm. It, it, where's my Volkswagen? You better quit, Naders. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and and the the thing is, is now I'm seeing, I'm seeing a bunch of black dudes who are like, uh, a lot of black people and a, a lot of other people, uh, especially when it comes to like even in the post that there that there's this anti-Semitism is sort of brewing up. And it is, and I'm not saying that black people are hating Jewish people or anything like that, but there are, I'm seeing more, it's more public now that we're seeing it. And I think in a sense that that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that we're seeing more of it so we could sort of be like, hey, we shouldn't do this. You know, this is mm-hmm. to highlight the wrong in that thinking, right? Um, and I know it's hard to think of, and it's hard to sort of put that you know, in in a sentence, you know, saying like, "Hey, anti-Semitism out in the open is is good," but it's it's better that we know who they are, know how they operate, and try to you know fix the wrong talk with right talk, right? And mm-hmm. and then the other problem is is like who 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 is making the rules on what is right talk? I mean, honestly, I I support Kanye West going on Alex Jones and and publicly speaking. It really did change my opinion about him in a very drastic way, uh, and that sucks because I really do uh, uh, respect and love Kanye as a producer, as a musician. He's fucking amazing, you know. Like he's been there in the greatest and lowest moments of my life. So it's it, it's a it's a blow. It's a blow to me, but but I'm glad. I'm glad that Alex Jones did that and let him talk and let him sort of expose himself for what's going on. I don't know if he's crazy, if he's going crazy, or if he really. I think it's a little bit of all of it. I think he he doesn't like the Jews because a few Jewish people fucking fucked him over, and he uh, and he's he's mental. You know, he's me- he has mental issues. He has been, uh, you know, he's bipolar. That's public knowledge. He's bipolar. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it, that's how I see it. You know, like I know it's terrible, and I know there's there's. Um, there's growing pain on growing pain. There's there's pain involved in seeing that and seeing people sort of glom onto this idea that the that Jewish people run the banks and the, and run Hollywood and all this stuff. Which to a certain extent, that there is truth behind that. Um, but it, it's not like it's not like all the Jews are coming after Kanye or all the Jews want you know to to get rid of all the Gentiles or anything like that. It, it's it's literally like a few assholes that fucked somebody over that are happen to be Jewish, and mm-hmm. and and the the idea that we're gonna sort of generalize and make this sweeping, you know, it's just like all oh, black people are fucking, um, you know, yada yada yada. All the Mexicans took our jobs, and 
all the Asians took our spot at university, which is kind of true. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, because they're insanely smart. The fucking Asians have a great fucking sense of, uh, of study and, and they, you know, they have discipline and uh, that we suck at. Um, as Americans, we were so stuck in TikTok and worrying about this shit. But in any case, making sweeping generalizations about any group is fucked up. Denying that, you know, millions of people got murdered uh, senselessly by, by the Nazis is, is fucked up. All that shit's fucked up. Like, denouncing all that shit. I, I, I can't stand that shit. You know, I, I that don't... Makes, that makes two of us. It, it, to me, it, it's disgusting. Uh, and the fact that, you know, he's running around with this Nick Fuentes guy who I've definitely heard him just drop N-bombs and stuff. And again, I'm all about free speech. I am. I'm all about it. And people can say whatever they want to say about Nick Fuentes and he's a hero and he's just exercising his rights. But I don't want to be around him. I don't want to support him. I, I'm in an interracial marriage. Like, you think I want that to be fucking, you know, what I'm into when I have a black son who I'm bringing up in this world? Fuck no. Fuck Nick Fuentes. And it, so it, it's like, I appreciate, though, that we have this right to, to for people to say that, but it's also, you know, I'm, I'm glad I know who that person is and I know who to avoid and who to, like, you know, hopefully somebody can talk to him and be like, hey, this is kind of shitty thinking. Yep, well said, well said. Um, kind of getting out of, the, <laughs> getting out of the murk because on this podcast all roads lead back to kanye and i'm trying to break that habit so tell me about these new projects you're working on man yeah so i guess i'll start with um the ice cream militia it's been my main band since 2015 um there's currently nine guys in the band because we have a whole horn section dude you guys um, i i gotta say i'm sorry to interrupt but i gotta say that <laughs> That uh, I love that you guys have that, that you guys have a big band. And it's cool that a big band is here in Toledo because, I mean, as you know, I, I, the music scene is, is, is great. You know, I, I much appreciate it, but it's a very small little click community. You know what I mean? So it's nice that you guys are out there, you know, doing horn arrangements and, and you know, the thing that's cool about the Ice Cream Militia is that you guys do span against uh, across a lot of genres and you incorporate, you know, I mean, reggae and rock and funk and hip hop and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's really cool addition to what's going on here. But I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm interested in what's going on. Oh, yeah. And everybody, Tanner has a new EP out, which I'm sorry i'm like burping and talking at the same time <laughs> exclamation point tw make sure you go and link up with tanner go to those links if you're listening in audio make sure you're in the show notes and go click on that link and make sure you follow up tanner and support your boy because he has a new ep out um which is what what is it called i just had it it's called reflecting on the future there you go and and you have that nice little picture of you uh reflecting over next to a pond or something it's like very nice uh but anyways please go on you you got some new stuff going on yeah so i like you said ice cream militia and you kind of said that's we uh we just love all kinds of music and it's like any band every individual has their own certain taste and we you know put that together to make ourselves our own musician and then you collaborate with others and then you're collaborating with them, but you're also collaborating with like all the influences that have been, you know, embedded into them as a musician. Uh, terrible way of saying just everyone has their own influences. When you come together, you just 
whatever just happens happens and we started off as just like a guitar based drums band like anyone else but um particularly in our case we all met at the university of toledo and we were all in ut's marching band at one point or another so that kind of explains why there's like trumpets and trombones and tuba is because that was we were all band kids Mm. but some of us happened to play drum set guitar bass singing so some of us tanner mostly nah man (laughs) but wait what were you playing in the margin band i was a trumpet player a trumpet player oh look Mm -hmm. at this look at this guy he's just full of surprises today folks but please continue i i on your stuff no of course but we like i said we started off just guitar bass drums vocals and then probably around 2018 we just kind of realized what can we do as much as we want to do something different for ourselves as creatives what can we give back to the music scene um which is as much as as a little click it is like there's some amazing bands and musicians and um you know venue staff that really keep the scene going alive so i appreciate um everyone in that under that umbrella but we just figured there aren't a lot of bands with um a horn section or i guess auxiliary instruments i suppose so and there's a, there's been a couple one i want to give a shout out to is ego and the maniacs they're a band that's been around toledo for a while we've done a bunch of shows with them they've always had whether it's a trombone or a, a tenor saxophone um they're always really cool people and want to you know give them love because we've had a lot of amazing shows with them and we hope to do some here in the future i'm, I'm not sure what they've been up to but other than them, there weren't a ton of bands doing what I guess we wanted to do. And then what was also really nice about the band too, is we were all friends first mm. so that we didn't have to go like, Hey, Facebook, we're looking for a tuba player. Is anyone down to join a band? We just knew all the people from our you know collective friend groups and it kind of, it came together pretty well. And then um, we, we put out an, an EP in 2019 called Moose Tracks, which is available on all streaming platforms which showcases the brass guys so the first album did not have brass Mm. the second one does and i guess the update on icm we've like any band in 2020 we only did like one show Mm. and then shut down 2021 we did a handful of shows because things were kind of getting starting back up and we're kind of figuring out how to do uh you know to be a band again because we didn't do anything in 2020 and then 20 early 2021 we did a live stream at Bigfoot Studios with Travis mm. Skyman, yeah. and Travis we were able to love that dude. That's where yeah. we that's where we, rec- we recorded all of our stuff too. Is yeah, Raina did too. Ray, that's I mean, and Travis is right down the road from us, so like it, it makes it easy. Cool. But, but he, um, but yeah, he he has a great thing going on over there, and uh, I know he's not really doing those live streams anymore. I mean, that that, that was so much work he put into that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially having the, I think Austin, right? Austin was the camera guy. Um, I don't know. Yep. And, uh, yep, Austin. yeah, Bigfoot. Yeah. And he's also here on Twitch y'all. So you can, um, we can get a shout out for Bigfoot and moving Dutchman. Welcome in my friend. Good to see you. Thank you for being here. Um, but yeah, man. So, so you guys are recording with Travis, uh, for this next, uh, album or next, uh, release. Yep. So I guess uh, to kind of get everyone up to 2022. Oh, I'm sorry. More... Continue where you were left off. I'm sorry. No, you're just... you're good. But it'll, it'll, I promise it'll lead into it. But uh, <laughs> like I said, 2021, we were just kind of figuring out how to do mm-hmm. it again. And then 2022, we were just like, we just 
we want it to play out as, as much as possible, but we also want to play in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ottawa Tavern is more or less our home base. That's probably yeah. um, the venue we've played at the most recently. We want to give uh, Zach Jacobs and everyone there all the love in Dude, the world. What um, a fucking what a shit time to buy a club. <laughs> but dude, he's killing it. He's killing just, it. Absolutely. And he just uh He's been booking some really cool shows there. And particularly, he just booked Escape to Fate, which was a band I was into in junior high and high school. So mm. I'm really looking forward to that. But we we got to play by ICM. We got to play in a bunch of new places. Never played that. The Blind Pig up in Ann Arbor. We got the mm. headline there. We played uh, this new festival. It was just the first time it happened last year. Is the Ohio Music Roots Fest, which is in Sunbury, Ohio, which is about I'd say about 45 minutes east of Columbus, but we we were headlining the first night there, um, and then yeah, it was just we've been able to play a lot of different places. Even in Toledo, we we've been playing at the Village Idiot every couple months or so, Hell yeah. which they've been treating us well. So shout out to Kevin and all the crew over there. We'll be actually that'll be our first show of 2022. Or wow, sorry, it's weird saying that 2023. <laughs> crazy. Uh, our first show of 2023 will be Thursday, January 12th. At the Village Idiot, free admission, nine to twelve, uh, twenty-one and up, and then come get some pizza and party with us. So, yeah, and they do and then, have good pizza, great pizza. But then going, so other than that, we're um, we haven't announced these shows quite yet, but we'll be coming. We're again expanding our horizons a little bit, and we're gonna play January seventh at a place in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then. I, I believe it's called Mulligan's Pub. And then this one, I'm really pumped. I mean, I'm pumped about that one. But in particular, this next one I'm really pumped about. We're playing at the Beachland Ballroom and Tavern in Cleveland. Damn, I love that venue. That is such a uh, badass venue. I'm so pumped. I got to see a show there. And then, of course, to me, it's famous because that was the, the venue where the Black Keys played their mm-hmm. first first ever, ever show. Um mm-hmm. There's a whole story. There's a whole cool video about Wait, that. I'm that's where stuff. they. That's where they played their first show. I thought Ever. they played in like a, a like a record store or something. I don't know. I no, don't know shit. The you're good. The video I saw was um, I think it was done by Rolling Stone. It was probably not long after they put out the El Camino album, but nice. They, you know, through all the you know different ways of people coming and going, musical projects. Dan and Patrick hooked up, became the two of them recorded basement demos that eventually became the first album shifted to every label they could. And then the label in Los Angeles that picked them up were like, you know, I will do this and that. And then when they did that, they're like, Oh, we should probably play a show. And they kind of saw that as like, well, we're, we got to play a show to be a band. So it was at the <laughs> Beachland ballroom. So we'll, we'll be there, uh, February 24th. And, uh, I know, Mike, you'll, you'll put all the information in the show notes or whatever, yeah. but if you just follow, follow Ice Cream Militia at Ice Cream Militia on all of our socials um, or on, on all these socials, we'll be sure to post that information as soon as it comes available. Yeah, and you can get us. you can you can get there from your link tree, right? Yep, I put the Ice Cream Militia link tree in there. That's link sick. tree into another link tree. That's how we do it, baby! Hell yeah. That's how we do. So, yeah, we're... Uh, we're just looking to, you know, we're in the booking stage right now. We kind of took December off to chill mm-hmm. and enjoy the holidays and get ready for the new year. So lots more booking happening. Are you uh, guys trying to do like more expansive uh, tours and stuff? Uh, 
touring would be interesting <laughs> because there's nine of us, but also just because of our day-to-day jobs and schooling and everything. So um, in the summer could be a possibility. We're, we're kind of figuring that out as we go. At, at the very least, we just wanted to play new new cities, new venues. Um, we're actually looking into Hollywood Casino. We're having a conversation with them. So we're, at this point, just trying to lock down a date. So I would expect that sometime in March or April. And then when it comes to new music, um, we're looking to get into the studio January, February. Again, back at Bigfoot, we have a, we have a song we want to record that's ready to go. Then we have a bunch of other little ideas that we're uh, kind of tinkering with right now as you do in the writing process. But we have one song that we've been playing live for the past year that is ready to record. We just got to get it recorded. So um, expect, yeah. So with ICM expect us at new cities, new venues and some new music, probably, probably spring or early summer. And also we got some cool merch and I'll show you Mike. Show me, baby. We got, it's probably backwards for the viewers, but we got no, ICM uh, lighters, and it's also a bottle opener right here. Oh, so. shit. So if you guys yeah. if you guys want a, a two-in-one, you know what to do. Uh, can you get that link? So you linked it. Let me see. We can make it more direct here. Do you guys have, like, a website where you can get it, or do you get it through a different site? The the lighter? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we don't have a, an online e-commerce. We've just been selling them as shows. Ah. But... We should we should set it up. However, if you're someone who really wants one, you know, feel free to send us a message and we can figure it out. So um, be more than happy to figure that out. We should we should have an online store. That's another thing for 2023. We're gonna we're definitely planning on some new merch. Like we have some t-shirt ideas in the work. It's just always a matter of like what's the most cost effective way of getting the best merch you can. As if anybody's been in a band and I mean you you made your own. We speak English good merch. You know how that goes. So we're figuring that out. Yeah, it, it's weird. There's some cool places that like like Threadless is okay, but it's it's it, it makes it easy, you know. But you get very little off the you know top. I mean, you'll sell a T-shirt for like twenty five bucks and get like three dollars from it, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But it does make it easier for you know if you make fans in California and you're not going to be able to like tour out there and bring your t-shirts and stuff maybe one day you know i'm not saying you never but like you know when's the next time you're going to be in california to sell them in person so it's cool like that but you know there's all kinds of cool online stores where you don't have to like hold the you don't have to like have boxes of t-shirts and hats and stuff sitting around and it's like per order which I'm sure you're aware of all this shit. So it's 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 yep. it, it's a it's it's fun out there, but it's um yeah, it, merch is weird. Merch is weird, and and it can be like super profitable if you if you play your cards right. But it's still it's it's toughy, man. It's a toughy. So you guys are um, you guys are going to be recording a new song. So how how do you guys do with nine people and your influences? How do you guys come together to write songs? Is there like a central songwriter and they you bring it to the table and then everybody just sort of writes around it? Or do you guys get together and like, let's do this? You know, how does it work? How do you guys write your material? Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of like any band where um, you, you some bands have like everyone contributes. Hmm. Uh, 
maybe everyone has a new idea that they want to bring to the table or some bands there's like a couple people who really kind of drive the creative force and uh for us it, it can go either way it kind of depends on the song depends on the overall idea but really again not much different from anyone else someone just has a general idea like hey this could be a good verse riff or intro riff and then see where it goes or someone has like you know essentially a full song idea but maybe from intro through a first chorus and then just kind of going from there so at least having a structure to work with um so and a lot of times with us we get the guitars bass and drums figured out first Mm -hmm. because like that's kind of like the base of um our music and then from there once we're once we're all kind of on the same page that's when we bring in the brass guys and then we a lot of it's with with writing brass parts sometimes it's like a keyboard part where um it could be the main thing or it could be what's complimentary so Mm. depending depending on the song kind of just figuring out what works and while also not stepping on each other's toes, having that balance. Because with nine people, you got nine different instruments. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And that's how, even, that's how even I view my guitar rig. Like, I have a pedal board, but it has, like, your essentials on it. Like, I don't really have any weird, crazy stuff because mm. there's already so much going on. And quite frankly, I'm not trying to tiptoe on my board so much. So just trying to keep it simple as possible on my end. But then... um you know, because we got all this sound, so why, why do any more or less? So, mm-hmm. um, well, sometimes yes. I mean, sometimes less is more, right? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. and then there, there are some times where, um, I guess I'll, I'll use this as an example. We we also do a lot of cover songs because we do shows where we have to play like two, three, four hours. So yeah, th- that's always a nice time to throw in covers. So hell yeah. Um, one of the one of the songs we do is Kokomo by the Beach Boys, and what I personally do is um i play the tambourine i just just to kind of accompany what's going on but then we don't have a saxophone player but i do the saxophone solo on guitar oh nice and Aruba, um so it's, <laughs> yeah the bow down da, 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 da. but yeah so i'll i'll play i'll I'll do the tambourine until the solo play the solo and then hop back on tambourine for the rest mm. of the song so sometimes we a member drops out just to like that way there's not so much going on, but then yeah. also to maybe play something auxiliary or maybe someone's just singing. So they don't have to play guitar because you got someone else already covering it. So there's a, it's a lot of figuring out balance and like, it's a continuous thing. Like we're not perfect at it. We're <laughs> continuously trying to find ways of balance while also not trying to limit ourselves. So, but yeah, in general, we're going to have a lot of new shows in 2023 and, some new cities and then expect some new music from us. And we'll, you know, I'm, I'm the one running our social media. So I'll, I'll be sure to pose as much as I can. And, yeah. uh, cause like, that's another thing too. We were talking about TikTok and everything. And I feel like a lot of the content we've been posting, quite frankly, is just like advertising for shows. Um, or, you know, we always pose for someone's birth, a member's birthday and whatnot. So, mm. um, we're, we're actually talking about, maybe a band podcast, which mm. I think some bands are doing where um, we could talk about band stuff or we can just, it's just the band talking about whatever. Um, I know there's a, there's a million podcasts out there in the world, but um, it's, it's, it's just enough. We just kind of see it as another way of really connecting with fans. And um, I think for me personally, I, I love learning about 
you know, bands as much as possible. And I love watching interviews with it, whether it's with an individual person or the whole band, because it, it just kind of brings more meaning to the the music and the content they're creating. So yeah. um, if we're able to do that on the flip side, then um, I think it might be pretty beneficial. So, but yeah, we're, we're looking really forward to uh, the new year. Just again, just kind of like shaking the rust off the past couple of years. And we, we played, I don't think I mentioned this. We played more shows in 2022 in a, within a calendar year than we ever have as a band, mm. which we're, which we're very proud of. We already have like three or, three or four shows booked for the new year with more to come. And um, it's been a, it's been a good time for the band the past year and we're looking forward to see what happens next. Yeah. Is it uh, one of those things where you guys, uh, everybody has to be involved in a show or you can't do it? Or do you guys go out with different lineups or like, you know, maybe the trombone player couldn't make it. So you have, you know, how you work. Yeah. Yeah, occasionally we've had shows where, um, so I, I'll, I'll go through our whole lineup real quick. We have three three guitar players. <laughs> so just right right off the bat, three guitar players. <laughs> Hold, then you on. Have, Hold on, I want to get ahead. a picture of y'all up so we could, we we have somebody who comes in here who's like, we need, you need more drummers, we need more drummers. <laughs> he, he literally was trolling uh, Phil Collins' son, Nick Collins. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's Nader's going. How many drummers? Nader's wants to know. Just just one. Oh, what the fuck? All right. What? Anyway. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we got three guitar players, bass, drums, and then the other the other two guitar players and the basses, they're the three vocalists in the group. Mm. Then we have one trumpet player, two trombones, and then tuba. So that's that's the full lineup. Um, we've done shows where one of the trombones couldn't be there, or where the tuba player couldn't be there. Um, so those those are probably the times where like we haven't had the full band. But um, and with scheduling with nine people is a it's a hassle. But we we found a, we found a couple of ways of making it work. Number one, when it comes to when we practice, we usually practice every week or maybe every other week, kind of depending on what we have coming up or going on. We always, we always have this one day in time that where everyone agrees on. We don't mess with it unless otherwise. Very rarely do we like, hey, can we move the day? It's mm-hmm. like we have the day and then either the whole band comes, a majority of the band. Lately, since we haven't been doing shows, like we haven't had the full lineup for a little bit while because you know it's that time of year and people are doing things. But at least like about half of us have been getting together lately because again, we're mostly working on new music. Um, which is kind of nice because then you have a couple people working on it. You get those guys kind of on the same page, and then you bring in the other guys because half the band's already on the same page. You just got to catch the other half up to speed yeah. and then putting it all together because sometimes doing it with all nine guys at once, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but, <laughs> you know, kind of stepping stones, I suppose. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know, I've been in big bands before, so like I know how quickly chaos can just you know erupt out of nowhere. So I, I get yeah. that, man. I get it. It's not uh, it's not easy managing that many people, and, um, and the fact that you guys can do it is pretty pretty impressive, you know. And it helps that you, of course, you guys were 
college chums so exactly definitely add to it i like big bands that and i cannot lie (laughs) i like big bands and i cannot (laughs) lie how dare you naders how fucking dare you uh it's not just the ice cream militia that you got that you're working on you're you're working on other things correct yep so um the next group that i guess i'll highlight is a band called the currents Mm -hmm. the currents is a it's a new it's a newer group it was started by my good buddy Luis Gomez. Funny enough, another like college friend. <laughs> um, with with that, the currents is really was is his platform for writing and releasing new music. The the one EP we do have up online, which is just called the currents with the it's kind of like the the black cover with the window in it. Um, wait, that was. Do you guys got social media? Actually, like if you Instagram? go to my link tree, oh, okay. if you go to my link tree, I'll have the currents link tree. Oh, oh yeah, I see, I see. I'm about to go follow these motherfuckers. Oh, I was at the right place. What is this? L G T W M C and E A. What is, is those? That? Those are just all of our initials. Oh, okay, all right, all yeah, right. There's only only four only four people in this. That seems a little bit more manageable. It is 100. <laughs> percent Um, um yeah. So. The the currents is really Louise's platform for writing, releasing new music. Like on that EP that I was just mentioning that he put out, actually it's about three years old. I think it came out December twenty nineteen. Oh okay. Uh, he 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 wrote and recorded all the parts, um, with the exception of one drum track. There's a song on there um, called "Dreamy" that our buddy Matt Howder, a mutual mutual friend of ours, who actually played drums on my EP, which we can talk about. Um, they were going for a certain style, and I think Matt was just kind of really good at that kind of thing. It's kind of like a lo-fi jazz kind of thing, and I think Louise was just like, maybe Matt could do this, and it worked out great. But, yeah, so he, he did that little EP together. He were he was talking to me about, you know, making it a band and doing shows and everything, but then literally the pandemic happened. 2020, everyone was just kind of doing their own thing. Um, but Louise and I, we were always, like, talking and hanging out, of course, but... And then 2021 was like, well, I guess we're able to maybe kind of piece it together. And then bringing back to uh, bringing Bigfoot back to the conversation, we did an in-studio acoustic show where we we just did acoustic versions of our songs and a couple covers, um, as just as a way of just kind of reintroducing the band because the EP was put out and then 2020 happened. Um, so we want to do something a little bit unique to we've always liked the tiny desk concert stuff mm-hmm. or jam in the van. So we want we were going for something like that. Um, but yeah, and then at that point, we had brought in a good buddy of ours, Matt Cashin on bass, who currently plays bass for January Man, who's a Toledo band has been doing a lot of cool stuff lately. And I've been homies with those guys for a long time. And what, They've done a lot January, of shows. Nice, I'm you know. so old and out of the scene now. I, I don't You're know good. what's going on anymore. A lot of new bands, man. A lot of, a lot of cool stuff happening now. See, I just feel like I, I don't know what's going on. January, man. Yep. Let me look at these people. These people. There you go, guys. That That is Toledo right there, baby. That is a Toledo band right there. I love it. You, you know it. What is that? Is that? Is that like a church? I guess that is a church. I thought they were at Disneyland for a second. 
<laughs> I thought they were too. <laughs> That's just this is probably old church on the old west then. Right. Uh, uh, honestly, it probably it probably is because that's where they they rehearsed right around there. Yeah. So quite quite possibly, but yeah. So Matt joined the band. He's been a buddy of Louise's. It's like we he's been like a mutual of ours. So he came into the band and then 2021. It was just kind of just a lot of just like kind of just learning how to be a band and then. We played our first show as a band April of 2022, so April this year, and we brought in Emilio Alvarado, who um, he's been a good buddy of ours for a long time. I've known him, I've known him since high school, um, and he actually is uh, the owner of Treetop Audio, which is another Toledo-based recording studio, and he actually recorded um, that first Currents EP, so he already knew the songs, and um, he's kind of like me, where he's we're both primarily guitar players, but he can lay down some sick drums too. Mm. Um, so, so with that, we just we filled up the lineup and we've played about a handful of shows this year. And uh, whether it's the Ottawa Tavern, we've done Howard's and Bowling Green. We just did the Sanctuary up in Hamtramck, just mm. outside Detroit. Okay. Um, so we mostly a couple shows of the OT, but really just a it was a it was a good year of just like kind of figuring out how to do live shows. And what's nice is you know, when you have new bands, it seems to kind of suck for a while. And I think musicians know what I'm talking about. Like, does the band sound good? Are we, what, what's nice is all four of us are very experienced musicians and live performers. So it came together pretty quickly. And we're, and I guess the update on that's at the moment, we're working on some new songs that hopefully to get released by like late winter, early spring. Um, Probably, I imagine we'll record it with Emilio at Treetop Audio again. Mm. Um, so that's is this kinda, is this like a a home studio or a, how does he have this set up? Yeah, so he has a um, it's a basement setup. He mm. um, and that's actually I think I, yeah I mentioned that's where we recorded my EP as well. So oh right on. Um, and Emilio has a he has a cool style of recording. I, I wouldn't say it's much different from from people, but. He does a great job of mixing the analog and digital worlds together. Mm. Um, and I guess to be more specific, um, a lot of studios will have, like they'll mic up their amps. Like they'll have actual amps that are recorded. And then some people have, whether it's a Kemper Profiler or a Line 6 Helix, where it's all just built-in stuff that goes yeah. right into your DAW. What he did was, as... Um, he sampled a bunch of actual live amps. Mm -hmm. So whether it's Marshalls, Oranges, Fenders, Voxes, you name it, he actually used his Kemper to get live samples of actual amps. Mm -hmm. So he mic'd them up and then, you know, made them his own plugins. So um, it's just a convenient way of going about things truthfully, but... No, um, I, I agree with sounds that. Sounds great. I, I agree with that hundred percent. I, I I don't I don't give a fuck. Like you're most ninety-nine point nine percent of the people listening to your music aren't gonna be there as like that's a fucking ant mod. Fuck them. You know, like this is bullshit. Yeah, right. you know? Like I I I deal with this. And like nobody's out there mad about, you know, using a, a fucking software. If it sounds good, it sounds good good and there mm -hmm. is the sort of the stigma in the recording world well some and i think that stigma is being left behind more and more as as the newer generation comes in and and this is sort of the 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 norm now 
Whereas you mm-hmm. have people from maybe my generation and maybe uh, uh, even uh, uh, um, even older than me that are just like, oh, you got to mic it. There's technique. You got to have a mic amp. You got to have all this shit. And really, it's like, I, I'm too lazy for that. Like when I'm writing and stuff, I want to just plug in and go. I don't want to have to set up an amp and set up the mic. And I, I know I sound like yeah. an asshole, but like. It's just what's going on, man. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I, I don't even have a guitar amp. I, I have a fucking iridium, you know, like a, a pedal. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not carrying around an amp anymore. And especially for live gigs, I'm just like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to bust my ass. Like, like, in, and mm-hmm. another trend is, you know, like, uh, uh, it's smaller stuff, you know, like smaller amps, small, like just little, yeah. little, little combos, right? And and you just mic that at a live show or not, because some of them can really, you know, fucking go. Welcome back, Bonbon. Uh, and then I just I I I don't I don't see. You know, I, I love the idea of miking stuff up, and I like the idea of analog sound, and I like the idea because my wife is the things that. Uh, the things that, like, the uh, EP that my wife released was uh, out in San Diego. The dude had, like, a Tascam tape reel-to-reel, and then so he would record everything, capture everything uh, onto his reel-to-reel, and then dump it into Pro Tools. And that's beautiful, right? I love that. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, it's perfect, but... Uh, it doesn't have to be like that all the time. It doesn't have, you know, that's, in fact, that's like a sound now that people seek out, right? Like, it's not even what the modern sound is right now. So it's, I, I there's nothing wrong with, with fucking amp fucking plugins. There's nothing wrong with, with, you know, the Iridium fucking foot pedal. There's nothing wrong with that. And so the idea that there is a stigma, and maybe even you, you're young enough maybe where you don't, I mean, you guys probably in your circle don't give a shit either. Um, but, like, I'm old enough to know, like, engineers and know, you know, uh, mastering houses and mixing houses where they're just like, fuck that, we just do it old school and that's the only way to mm-hmm. do it. And, like, to me, that's silly. That's getting left behind, honestly, because that's not that's not the norm, especially when you're talking about project studios or basement studios and stuff. That, that You know, but, but if you go to a place like Bigfoot, uh, they they do, you know, they have amps, they have the stuff, they have the capabilities, but he can also do other things, do the... Uh, direct in you know uh, just go so it's just yeah exactly it's about adapting and it's about what you want you know and and there's no right or wrong way of doing it it's just doing it yeah doing it just do it because just (laughs) just do it i mean hey what because another another thing i see a lot in in content in general is uh, like in the in the in the music world particularly with people who deal with gear a lot so guitar players, bassists, drummers, you know, there's a thing I saw where, or, you know, I've seen this kind of conversation come up a lot where we're with, with Facebook, with Google, there's always ads for, Oh, this new pedal, this new guitar, this new amp, this new symbol, whatever. Hmm. So people are more obsessed with the gear than what the actual music they're playing. <laughs> and we only, which I I have been at fault at. I think in 2020 this is where I was. I mean, honestly, like in 2020, I when I wasn't playing shows as much as I was kind of figuring out 
new song ideas, I was kind of reassessing like a lot of my equipment. I'm like, do I need to upgrade anything? Is there anything here that I absolutely don't use, do not need, that doesn't serve anything for me? Um, so kind of fitting. So it was a lot of fitting the herd, but also like trying a lot of different stuff. And I've bought, sold, and traded a lot of stuff in the past couple of years. Um, broke even somehow. I don't, I don't <laughs> even know how I managed that. But I, at the end of the day, I find what works for me. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, like whatever it takes to get the songs out of you. I don't care what instrument or what style or band you play in right. or if you solo, whatever, just do what you can to get the song out of you because that's what people care about. And I'm sure Mike, you've had those moments where you're about to go to a live show. You've got a new piece of gear. You're really stoked to one. You're stoked to use it. But number two, you kind of want people to recognize it and see it. And a lot of the times, unless they're musicians who see it like, Oh, I've never seen you use that before. Most people don't care. Most people don't really care what guitars, bass, and amps are using as long as you, I guess, sound good enough and can play the song, then that's what most people generally care about. Um, you're not going to get a lot of like, gear snobs at you know, local venues. Maybe you will, maybe not. But, <laughs> but, but So what ultimately, you know, use what works for you and get the song out of you. That's what I believe in. Yeah, yeah, you're. You, oh shit! Yeah, you're. You're absolutely right. It, it's like sitting there worrying about you know what gear has to be the perfect gear, and and at, at a certain point, you know, like it, it, at a certain level, you can do that if you want to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's gonna cost money, you know. Like it's all about money. Uh, but if you're just starting out and you're worried about like not getting the perfect amp and like I don't have the right gear and like I can't do it until well then I feel like you're making excuses and I feel like you need to go back to the drawing board and figure out like well what can you do with what you have or what exactly. can you do with what you can afford um, and I think that's the most important thing because do you guys what was that what was that guy's name oh fuck the guy who was like. Uh, he had like a song called Fireflies, like a million fireflies. Oh, um, Owl City. Yes, Owl City. Like this motherfucker was just on Reason in his basement, right? Like a, like a couple yeah. hundred dollar program on his, you know, shitty computer. And he made, you know, he, he, he killed it. At the time, he fucking murdered the game. And, and that's like now that's like. That's how most people do it. Even like EDM DJs and stuff, like they're just in their fucking basement on their computer. Uh, and as they get more money, you you do get to see like them building out their synth racks and shit like that. But but mm -hmm. at the beginning, it's just like do what you got to do with what you got because waiting around is just wasting time you're, and making excuses. It's like if you're going to do it, do it. Do sellouts. <laughs> <laughs> no i they're not so i agree no I, I i agree in the sense of like um you know they're just because you can have all that gear hmm. and you can doesn't mean you should um <laughs> right. i man the, the i've done a lot of shows at frankie's throughout the years mm. and i used to play in this metal band and this is no hate towards anyone it's just I specific things that I saw where I'm just like, you know, it, it would just like, I'll put myself in their shoes. I'd be like, that'd be such a burden. And a more example is like going to a place like Frankie's, which if you're in Toledo, 
you know what I'm saying, yeah. where it's not it's not a big space. You're kind of playing in the box, so there's only so much room for people. Hmm. And I've actually had my entire band up on there um, <laughs> somehow, but oh, we did strange. it. So besides the point, I have gone to shows at Frankie's or played shows at Frankie's. Um, I'll throw an OT as well because, like, size-wise, there's similarities hmm. where you got half stacks and you got full stacks <laughs> of amplifiers. Some of these guys have rack mounts, and then. <laughs> And then the drummers, holy shit! There's this one band. There's one band that had the two, the two, the two kick drums to get the double bass thing going. <laughs> but then, but then, but then you, but I'm like, instead of getting a double pedal, there's like, fuck, I'll get the double drums. Yeah, itself. fuck it. But then, but then they'll have those Gibra- Gibraltar racks yeah. that wrap around the kit, and then for the toms and cymbals. And I think that's sweet. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No, I'm just saying when you're playing. When you're playing a small venue like that, and then you only have 15 minutes to get on and off stage, <laughs> like don't tell me that's not a pain, um, right? So that's why. So that's why for my particular my particular rig is pretty humble, and it's like it's like it's like a, a one two three punch. It's yeah. just a guitar, pedal board, into a combo amp, um, specifically a Fender guitar or a Fender amp, which I'm currently using the. Um, Defender Hot Rod Deluxe, the George Benson signature model. Getting sexy, Um, breezing, baby. Love it. Probably the the big difference between that and a regular Hot Rod is it's an upgraded speaker and it uses kind of a different tube for more headroom. And Hmm. it has that, it has the overdrive channel, um, which a lot of the Hot Rod lines kind of hit or miss if it's stock, but on that one, it's a lot better. I, I just run it clean, but it's just nice to have it when I need mm-hmm. to. And then yeah, a little, got, little kick going. Exactly. Yes. And then I got my pedals, which um, I particularly use the Friedman BEOD Deluxe, which is just like I got like two Marshalls in a box mm. ready to go when I need to. Oh, that's and then a, What's it called? Yeah, then, this is this is uh, what he's good. talking about. Like imagine being in a little venue and some asshole is like carrying this in and then you're the next band and, and then like 45 minutes later you get to come up. But what was that pedal you just said? Uh, yep. So the, the company is Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. And then what was the name of the pedal? Uh, it's the B-E Deluxe. B is in boy, E is an elephant. B E one hundred deluxe, or just the deluxe? Oh, uh, just it's just the dual pedal. There's oh oh it's, I it's see. Mo- yep, it's modeled after the the B E one hundred or the B E fifty amp head, but it's just a pedal version. That's tight. So you can actually dial in. So it's probably this one, right, or something like this. <laughs> Nader said all that technology and you don't and you don't have two drummers. SMH. Uh, no, we'll figure it. We'll tell you what, man, we'll figure it out. How about that? <laughs> well, four I, drummers. I know, I know I know a lot of drummers, so I can maybe figure something out. We did <laughs> yes, we did I will please. say I, I I I will say this. We at one point there was eleven guys in Ice Cream Militia. Jesus. But so add add on a trumpet. Mm. And then add on an auxiliary percussionist. So he was doing oh. a lot of like shakers, tambourines, bongos, um, even like a triangle. So, but we're back to nine now. But it's um, so I guess we technically did have two drummers at one point. Yeah, Naders. So 
Fact check next time. No, Fa- <laughs> yeah, come correct, motherfucker. Let's go. Yeah. Do your research, as they say. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then and then it's just like yeah, the amp pedal board, and then with one of my Reverend guitars, and that's Ooh. that's my setup. It all it all fits in my trunk of my Kia Forte. I'm happy. You have <laughs> you have a, a hollow body, right? Yep. Um, it's the here. Actually, it's right next to me. Yeah, let's see that shit. Get that sexy motherfucker out here. So it's the Manta Ray. They currently don't make these anymore. Um, Oh, exclusive. I mean, I I got this like four or five years ago. So it's only it's only it's only a single cut. Uh Like you'll see a lot of like you know the Gibson ES three three fives will have the two. Right, just the one. Then it's a nice nice looking headstock. It's, yeah. a, it's just a very clean, it's a very clean looking guitar. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a neck through, so it's all one piece. Oh, beautiful. And then control wise, I mean, we got just two humbuckers, three way switch, and then the volume tone, and then the bass contour, which is a reverend thing. It oh. just kind of, it rolls off bass frequencies, but it can also be seen as like, take split, take coil splitting, mm-hmm. but instead of just one or the other, it's almost like a blend. Ah, uh, I got you. That's so I can a... so I can roll off a little bit, but you can get into that P ninety single coil. Mm, um, so far, shit. And, yep, and the the bass contour comes stock on all uh, oh. Reverend guitars, regard regardless of their uh, pickup configuration. Yeah, and and the fun thing about Reverend guitars is is that they're a Toledo company. Yes, they are. They they started in Metro Detroit in the late nineties, and then. Eventually moved to Livonia, and then I want to say about 2014, 2015, they kind of realized all the people working there lived either between Bedford Township and like Perrysburg. Ah, oh, I got So it. they they moved their operations to Sylvania Township, actually. So actually, right right down the road from where I'm at right now, um, kind of off Central Avenue. Yeah, but, it's uh, it's like over by the Bob Evans, right? Kind of. Uh, yep. It, It'll be. It's on the other side of the bridge. There's like yeah. a gas station, or there's a speed. It's a speedway. And there's like there's a car Rust's dealership auto. or something. Yeah. yeah, it's like a brand new car dealership. But yeah, that's that's where they operate out of. They make the guitars in Korea, mm. um, and then they're sent over to that location for you know quality control, and then um, shipped out to dealers and buyers. But no, they've they've uh, it's been it's been a nice couple of years, like really getting to know them, and um, I've actually be became an artist of theirs this year which has been really awesome what 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 for someone to become an artist which i guess billy corgan's an artist there look at that Mm -hmm. of the smashing pumpkins uh what 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 are the type of things that you that comes with being an artist there if you can say it yeah um i guess i'll i'll kind of start with like the the bigger ones because like the bigger artists they have right now it's off the top of my head. You got Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins fame. Uh, Reeves Cabrels, who used to play with David Bowie, but now mm. plays with The Cure. Um, okay. And then there's like a whole list of other people. But um, those big, the those bigger artists, which when you go on the website and you go to the artist tab, it mm. kind of highlights, you know, quote unquote, the bigger artists that they have at the moment that typically they have signature models with. And um, they're kind of like waving, waving the, re- the reverend flag as they're out in like, you know, the biggest stages and the biggest places in the music industry. Hmm. Um, but I mean, generally speaking, you get to, you know, be on the website. Um, 
they're I mean they they do have customer support, but there's some art, artist support which is pretty much the same. Like if one of my guitars broke for whatever reason, I'll just send it to Reverend. They would take care of it. Mm. Um, there is a discount with purchasing a rev- a Reverend like directly through them. Mm. Um, but I think other otherwise it's like you know you get highlighted on the, on their social media every once in a while and. Um, it's just a cool, it's a cool roster and a community of people too. With any, with any company that you're a part of, you usually find, you know, whether the people who work there, other players, enthusiasts, um, it's just a, it's a nice group of people to be around with everyone involved in Reverend. And I think, especially since moving to Toledo, um, I'm seeing, starting to see a lot of, um, other local guitar players mm-hmm. use their stuff as well. So yeah, I know um, I know a lot of people who have reverends here in Toledo. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it, there's it feels like a little bit of a hometown hometown pride and stuff. Which yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Definitely. Um, but it's just they they make just you know really cool guitars. They they take the take on. Um, sorry, that was kind of redundant. They they <laughs> take vintage and classic, and then they take modern and really meld the two together into. Mm. Um, because the the guitar, the guitar industry is, I mean, I'd argue it's saturated just because there's just there's so many companies, there's so many of this, there's so many of that boutique it's just nice brands when that, and shit, yeah. Boutique just, brands, and you have yeah. your 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 legacy brands, which yeah. you know Gibson, Gibson. Fender. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just they're they're paving their own part of history in guitars and music, and uh, Joe Naylor, the guy who like the brains of the operation. He's just been, you know, he's a guy I've gotten to know over the past couple of years and he's just one, the dude's funny as fuck. Like you get him going, like it's the things he'll say just will have you rolling. But he's also just like a very just smart intuitive guy who he, he just has one of those rare talents where let's say, let's say Billy Corgan, for example, Billy mm-hmm. Corgan's like, Hey Joe, I want a guitar that does this. It kind of sounds like this will also allow me to do this. He'll just say it. And then Joe's like, cool, got it. Gotcha. And then, and then he, a lot of the times on the first try, he'll get it. Um, mm. So yeah. It's just, and then I really, I want to give a lot of love to guys like, uh, you know, Kenny, Ken and Penny Haas for the owners, Zach Ward, the head of sales, Tim, Zach Green, their, their head of, uh, like he's their head tech there. Mm. Andy, Andy Clark, who no longer works there. But he was the first guy I ever befriended through Reverend, mm. and um, yeah, I'm just very thankful for my relationship with them. And their guitars are fucking awesome. And yeah. they, like I said previously, they allow me to do what I need to do. I don't have to like. It's nice not having to like. Oh, I need this guitar, or I need something that does that. Where it's like, you know, I yeah, I do have four Reverends, but each has their <laughs> own, their own particular feel, their own particular sound if you will but so i got like i got my palette i got my colors let me just paint yeah 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 absolutely you 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 know what each one is for and you you know you know your own limitations and and you apply that to what you're creating which is you know that's fucking that's rad man like um the i um I want. I, I was actually trying to reach out to Reverend. I wanted to get some of them on the or one of the people on the show, because I mean it's interesting to me. Um, I want to hear some of this paint. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we Should we play a song? I mean, he's asking for a song. Should we play it off your EP? What do you What do you want to play? Yeah, 
Um, let's play. Let's hmm. Let's do uh, Silver Screen Girl off of my EP I dropped back in August, reflecting on the future. Ah, fuck! Shut up. Uh, not you. It's, okay. So, <laughs> um, I have you on the playlist, everybody. Now you guys know what I do. I have playlists. Okay. So what was it called? This is off of uh, Reflective Future. Silver, yep, screen? Silver Screen Girl. All right. And it real quick and real quick. Sure. And, uh, the whole with well, the whole EP, it's collaborative. But on this particular song, uh, I had different musicians on each song. Hmm. But on this on this one, I have Zach Jacobs, owner of the Iowa Tavern, on lead vocals. Uh, myself on. I do most of the the I do all the rhythm and most of the lead guitar playing. Hmm. My buddy Luis Gomez, who is in the Currents, he played bass. Matt Howder, who I uh, talked about earlier, he's on drums. My buddy Greg Pontash, he came in towards the end with a really, really that first really sick guitar solo you hear. Mm. And then I have a couple of buddies, Reed and Brian. They don't do it anymore, but they call themselves the Favor Fellas. Just uh, as much as it was a co- little comedy troupe, they were also just guys were like, hey, if you need help with anything, let us know. But uh, they've helped people move, they've helped people do this and that. But wow. they helped me add some claps. That you'll hear on the second chorus. Okay. So, All right. Uh, a lot of people have played, but we came together and put something really cool together. But yeah, this is um, Silver Screen Girl off of Reflecting on the Future, available on all streaming platforms. Hell yeah! I'm gonna drop that link in the show notes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go pee while we listen, guys. So, Tanner, you're gonna be on screen, so you you know vamp for us. Uh, you know what, Tanner? Because okay. this is going on the audio side. Um, will, will you just mute your mic too? What? Um, yep. just so we get a clean sound. All right, guys, enjoy this. I'm gonna go pee. I've heard the album a few times, so I'm not. Yeah, pee time. I'm not trying to dip out on everybody, but I have to piss so bad I can, you know, taste it. So here we go.
That's fucking rocking, man. And and you Thank said you. that solo is your boy. That's not that's not you. Uh, so the the first half of it's uh, my boy Greg Pontash. Excuse me, Doctor Greg Pontash. <laughs> uh, um, he actually he's for real doctor. He's out in Pittsburgh now, but oh. he did he did the first he did the first solo. That's very just like the super shreddy one. And then okay. I kind of came in, and then I came in halfway through with that like da 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 da. Yeah, the thirds and stuff. Yep. So that was that was my solo, and then, um, yeah, just it was it, it was a, I kind of wanted uh, something that rocked, but also something that was funky, and it just kind of ended up being Silver Screen Girl. And Silver Screen Girl, what that's a song's about, and um, I kind of told the idea to Zach, and then Zach came up with the lyrics. Just imagine, you know, you're 10, 11, 12 years old, and you're kind of hitting that pubescent age and um you kind of start getting your first like celebrity crush like or like someone from a movie whether mm. it's an actor or an actress that like you kind of have you, you kind of fall in love with only because you love their content or and or you think they're attractive well oh, who was yours who was yours uh it was between emma watson from the harry potter series and then uh Megan Fox, Transformers Megan Fox specifically. <laughs> not fucking um, MGK Megan Fox, not drinking blood <laughs> Megan Fox. Not eh, maybe not. That's all, but it it is what it is though. Um oh, no. she also killed it. She also killed it in Jennifer's body too. That was a very un- underrated movie from the late 2000s mm. that she was in. But, she you know yeah, what those you know what's those are mine. What you know what the sucks about that is is that she she was beautiful and then she started like getting all this plastic surgery and stuff and now I I mean she's she's still a beautiful woman but I feel like she's just gotten so plastic and, and like I I mean honestly I don't care if she's drinking blood or whatever who cares that that right. doesn't matter to me I mean it makes it kind of sexier honestly but it's like yeah. <laughs> but but it's not um 
But but I, I just hate it when they put that shit in their face. And Naders wants to know if, if there's any vinyl of that because he would rock it. Uh, you know what? I'll figure that out. Um, <laughs> it's just it's a you know it's just, it's just a four song EP that I put yeah. out just to. Uh, I kind of put that out just to. I mean, I guess there's a couple things. I had these song ideas that were you know just existed as voice memos in my phone and. Um, I liked what they were going for, but the thing was, I didn't feel like any of those songs that are on that EP would fit in any of the bands I'm in. Mm. So, and I'm not really a singer, and like I'm an okay drummer. I I re- but I knew if I gave someone else the drumsticks, like hey, that they would do a way better job than me yeah. with these particular songs. Um, particularly my buddy Matt, who killed it, but. It was just song, songs that I wanted to get out there in some way, shape, or form. That I was like, well, let me do it on my own. But I've always wanted to collaborate with a lot of like my favorite musicians who end up being my my friends like throughout the years. Like some of them with the high school with, college with, or just people I've gotten to know throughout the years. And um, I like to take the time to kind of highlight some these people. But um, a lot of it's just like doing some songs with friends I've never done music before with, and. Hmm. Um, it was just a really great opportunity to do that. So I guess I'll go song by song in a way. Um, sure. The first song off of it is Arbor, which is Megan Leonard on vocals, myself on guitar and bass, and Matt Howder on drums. Can I, um, can I just so- – I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. But yeah, like, uh, But, but I have to say like the first song on, the, on this looks like this album cover. And then, and then yeah. the rest is like, because honestly, this looks like um, it's going to be like an acoustic, just like very, you know, raw and, and very natural thing, just because I see the thing. And then all of a sudden, I, I didn't expect the first time I listened to it, I didn't expect you to fucking start rocking out, which is, I'm not trying to criticize you in a bad way at all. It no, just, you're good. I just had no idea. And like the first, the first song matches the, the, the vibe that you got country vibes, Naders. Uh, but, but, you know, like, it, you know, there's no w- wrong way to do it. I just, uh, how he lost yeah. his dog and an ex. <laughs> He's just looking over the pond. Damn it, man. Shouldn't have drank too much. Uh, well, I can, I can, I can talk about that though. So, sure. uh, where, where I, where I took the picture at, mm. it's at Olander Park, which is in Sylvania. Mm. Um, again, suburb of Toledo. Amen. That's where, that's. That's where Megan and I grew up. Uh, Megan, who sang on the song, and mm. she she actually wrote the song, but she lives in Montana. So what we did, how we made it work was, um, you know, she's like, "Hey, here are the chords. Here's this and that." And then Matt and I tracked in Toledo, and then she, excuse me, recorded her vocals out in Montana. And then with the magic of file sharing, we were, we put that together. But the reason I chose Olander Park for that one, like, you know. The scenery was perfect, and um, all that picture was was me from my iPhone. I just oh. propped it up on a bench. I took that picture of me with like the 10 second timer, so I like ah. set it up, ran to that spot, and then did it. And then my boy Dave Ludwig, big shout out to him. Uh, he took the raw photo and just you know cleaned it up and made it the version that we all see. Yeah. Um. Now, but oh, I chose yeah. Olander because it's it's always a place I've gone to. I just have a lot of memories of like hanging out there. Like my family, we'd go there, like just at, go to the park or swim there. Or, um, they have like open pavilions. So I've been to a ton of grad parties there or just like, you know, summer cookouts. And yeah, that's also yeah. been a, ni- 
and it's also been a nice place just kind of like i mean as yeah as, as basic as the sound just like to go somewhere outside sit on a bench you got nature you have the water in front of you and just you know something about that just kind of allows you to kind of just bring your thoughts out and that's that's what i thought about that place and so that's why that's why i picked olander and the reason i titled it reflecting on the future was um the recording started during 2020 when all all of 2020 was happening yeah and you know i was just i was personally getting really bogged down with just what was going on in the world and it was it sucked and it still kind of sucks but mm. um so the reason i say reflecting on the future was my way because how does to sum up all my thoughts i was just like Man, can we just move forward to a point in time where things are a bit normal, people are nicer to each other, and just just kind of like looking at for better days ahead. So that's um, the meaning behind the title. And again, I chose that because I was working on this EP throughout. We started recording August or September of 2020. Um and then I put it out August 2022. You know, just life happened. I had a couple job transitions, and um, so I, and but I also I, I didn't have a timetable when it, I I just wanted it out, but I didn't necessarily have like a deadline. And no one should ever have a deadline with music because um, it kind of takes away the creativity. And sometimes the product ends up sucking because you're trying to rush it. So yeah. we just took our time with it as best as we could. And um, no, it's cool, man. It's dope, man. Uh, you know, like fucking more power to you. Like I really, uh, Thank you. you went out and fucking, you went out and did it. Like how many people are are just sitting around, like man, I want to, you know, I want to record, you know, I want to do this, and they talk about it and they talk about it. From yeah. you know, as they say in Game of Thrones, words are wind, son. So fucking the fact that you actually went out and did it and fucking put it out there, you did it yourself. You had the people, you put it, to, you know, like uh, yeah, kudos, man. That that's it's not easy, especially when you're it's, talking about like a full on like you know band drums all that shit like me i put out an ep like i could just fucking i do it all on my laptop i don't give a fuck and and if i do need someone something to do which i really like that you like you know your limitations and you'll shop out uh a drummer right like i can play drums i Mm -hmm. could do the drums but is it gonna be what i want and it's same with me it's like i can do the guitar solos but I want a, a cock rock solo, so I'm going to reach out to my homie, Justin. So it, it's just, it, it, it's all about taste and putting it together and, and fucking, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that tenacity of getting it out, and you did it. So, okay, so Megan Leonard is on the first one. Very lovely voice. Yep, absolutely. Shout out to her. Um, the song Sheldon is just like a, it was kind of like a last minute filler song, but we just kind of made it like, the root of it is just a rock instrumental um, of just featuring just guitar soloing. So it's actually, um, and I want, and I also want to showcase Emilio Alvarado, who he's the guy we record, we record the EP with at treetop audio in Toledo. Mm. He's a great guitar player himself. I want to showcase that. So shell, the song Sheldon's really just back and forth guitar soloing. It starts with him. He'll go for 16 bars and then it's myself. And then the, we go back and forth. The name Sheldon, as dumb as it sounds, it's what my turtle's called. That's his. That's my turtle's name, and that's just what I felt like to call the song. But then, 
Beautiful. But then you got Matt, and then you got Matt Howder also on drums. He plays drums on all the whole EP. Great. Um, he kills it. And the next, thank you. And then the next song, uh, "Never Wanted This," is definitely the darkest song on the track. And I wanted um, more of a. I guess Black Sabbath is a very important band to me when I first started getting into music because my parents were seventies kids and all the seventies classic rock you can Hell name yeah. of. But uh, Black Sabbath is very very up there for me. I kind of mm-hmm. wanted a modern take on it, I suppose, but um, you got Tony Salazar on vocals who um, the, the dude is such a professional. He record, he didn't take for him long to record it. And um, it's criminal. If like people haven't heard him saying this dude's awesome. And then you have myself on guitar and bass and then Madden drums. And then um, Luis Gomez, who is also, he's also, um, Again, if I mentioned it prior, he's in the currents and he's just a really good buddy. And like we've collaborated a lot of other musical stuff together. But him and I co-wrote the lyrics together, so that's what how Never Wanted This came to be. And then, of course, we just talked about um, Silver Screen Girl. And we just checked it out, which is more of the more of the upbeat but rocking funk kind of thing I was going for. And but yeah, there um, it was it was just a really cool project to do. It was just everyone was so just. The thing all across the board, everyone was very helpful and wanted to help where they could and really wanted to get like gave their best performances. And like, I was like, as much as this is mine, this is like, you know, is a collaborative. Like, I can't take full credit. I, I did come up with like the root of these songs and probably came up with like the core of the arrangements, but like it was really bringing all these other people together is what made the, the song special. And, Especially, especially Reed and Brian for adding those claps in the second chorus of uh, Silver Screen Girl. I couldn't have done that without them. <laughs> yeah, you need those. Oh shit, we need those. You need those in studio claps, baby. Well, fucking Tanner, I dude, I appreciate you coming back on the show, my man. Like I, I really do. Thank and you. Uh, you know, you get whenever you guys got something coming out, let me know, and fuck it, we'll we'll get you back up in this bitch. Um, so is there any parting words you'd like to leave us with on this wonderful Monday evening? Yeah. Um, actually a couple, if you don't mind, please um, go ahead. Number, number, number one, man. Thank thank you so much for having me. Oh, and, no worries. uh, to, to everybody in the chat, I can't see it on my, on my end, but thank you for everyone who tuned in, chimed in. Um, if you feel like reaching out to me, I'm sure Mike has my yep. info link somewhere. Just drop um, the link in the chat. And then also, yeah. if you're listening, uh, go ahead and go into the show notes and, and get yours. Get you Follow your boy Thank here. you. But yeah, feel free to reach out. We'd love to, if you're in the area, come out to a show. Um, yeah, just I, I try and interact with everybody as much as I can. And, um, you know, I always see celebrities like, no, I'm not taking a picture. As much as I respect that, it's like... You know these these people just appreciate your art, and I want to show people that I appreciate them appreciating. And I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a nobody from Toledo, but I mean, I appreciate anybody who's at least checked this out, and I appreciate you for having me here. And the last the last thing I kind of leave leave off with, I wanted to make sure I said it was, um, I actually owe you a lot for my current job, and I'd like to and I'd like to explain that. Oh, please do. So, so you had so. Summer 2019, I graduated from college. I was really struggling to find a job in my field. Um, but then I realized I want to do something in music. I do want to perform, but I feel like doing something on more of the business side or 
a different side of music aside from performing, writing, and recording would be my benefit. And you had on um, the guys in Rover, Dean and Matt, yeah. back in 2019. Yeah. And you know you're talking about their you know talking about the band, but you're also talking about their jobs. Dean talked about how he's a publicist, and then not long after I listened to that episode. I listened to our buddy Chris Peapot Daher's show yeah. on the radar, and he had on the Paco's Be- Desperate Guys on there, and they talked about that at the moment or at the time there was such a lack of publicists and managerial representation. So I kind of just like after listening to those two episodes, within a, you know probably within a couple of days of each other, it just kind of like lit the um what do you call it light bulb, hmm. and I was like oh let me look into being a music publicist. That's an interesting field. And then long story short, um, that was long, but to short of it now is I reached out to Dean. I reached out to Dean, told him I was interested in doing this. I want to do it the right way. And now I've been uh, working with him and Lil Star for almost three years now. This has been my full-time job since May. So whether you directly knew it or not, thank you for, uh, for that. Cause it really changed, it changed my life and it, um, you know, it just, it kind of, I, I guess I kind of came up with the own saying, but if you can't find an opportunity, create one. Yeah. And all I did was just reach out to Dean. The worst he would have said was like, no, right. but he took me under his wing. We would meet up and like, he show me like, you know, almost like an ap- apprenticeship, if you will, but not really just like, Hey, here's, here's a job. Here's how I do it. And, um, I've been. I think I've been a, a nice part of the company ever since. So, um, oh, man. so I thank thank whether you knew that or not, man. Thank you, you so much for Dude, having I... those guys on at the right right place at the right time. Hey, man. Well, I'm glad that that the the show inspired some people because you know we do talk a lot of shit here, but at the end of the day, this show is made for musicians and how to further their lives and further their careers in music. So I, I appreciate that very much. That, that makes me feel great and. Uh, Thank you so much, man. Uh, fucking yeah, uh, man.